0: Connecticut tries to shed its preppy, stuffy image. This is The Focus Group.
1: They're all business, except when they're not. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the focus group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. If you didn't get the memo, we're wearing plaid, <laughs> yeah. which neither of us ever really wears on air.
1: But no,
2: whatever. it's kind of funny, right? Like we 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 sign on, and I was like, "Wow, Tim, you got the memo." Yeah. And hey, this would technically be the Christmas show for some people, right?
0: Well, we're gonna have yeah. a Christmas
2: show next week, but if you're listening on Saturday or Sunday, you're it's kind of the well. Christmas when
0: we were in studio, this would be our Christmas show. Yeah. This would have, you know what, that you're, that's a good point. we had, boy, oh boy, somebody was that telling me back in the day, you and I would throw the party of Sirius XM Radio. Yep, that's right. Which was on a Saturday, and we would have, you know, a couple hundred people show up, as well as some of the other, the other people that were doing shows there that, that day. And uh, it was a, a fun time, but a different time, I suppose. And what went into it
2: behind the scenes, very few people knew. Tim made multiple trips to Costco.
0: Oh, my God.
2: He also hand-labeled pallets of candles. You brought up the Costco cookie platters. Cookie right? platters,
0: right? We did and that. We, we had Santa Shandayers. hat. We had a Santa hat station where you could make Santa, Santa hat hats St- for, yep. your ki- for your kids. And we had a gift bag when you left. One year we had was cases Manhattan, of wine. Right? Yeah, we had Manhattan's cases of wine, food, family, Live friends. entertainment. People came from all over.
2: Yeah, and then we had live entertainment. We had the band.
0: And we had the band Michael Richard Kelly and uh, and Tom Adams, which was mm-hmm. Ben Withers' accompanist. Yes. Yeah, no, we had quite. It was quite a show. And, uh, I, I think my favorite thing was when the, of course, I'm going to forget his name. He was the black tea party guy. remember he was, he worked. Uh, oh, and yeah. And I forget his name. Tim, he was I on Fox News. He
2: was on the Patriot channel. Right. Nice he,
0: guy. Right. Yeah. And he's a commentator on Fox News. And I forgot his name, but it was hilarious because he showed up at the party and I was like, yep. you, you know, what are you doing here? You know, having a drink. So, um, and there was somebody from the Stern show that showed up. Yeah, there was, it was, it was a fun, fun time. Fun times, fun times. I
2: remember our old programming director, Dave Gorab, said to us after one of those Christmas parties, he said, You know, I have never had a better Manhattan in my life, and you guys really know how to throw a party. And so we were even known and serious for doing this. And it was a Saturday, too, right? Yes, yeah, Saturday the, was fun. It was in the Fishbowl, the glass studio.
0: The Fishbowl and the band. You know, it was, you know, it was probably, I, you know, I will say, probably one of the better things they did there. But, you know, a long time ago. The said. other thing you could say,
2: Tim, is when that day was over, you and I would hit the wall man that tired. was a long that was a tiring day
0: well considering the day before you and i had to carry yeah, yeah and it, so much for helpers but um yeah you and i carrying the wine because you and bob would bring the the cases eight cases of wine and the waters and sodas and all that stuff no the very yeah katie was a big help oh katie fantastic yeah I
2: gotta i gotta see her soon we gotta have a cocktail soon catch up
0: yeah yeah. So, uh, so, so did you finish all your Christmas shopping, Mr. Nash? It's all done. All, it is all okay, done.
2: On. Everything is done, done, done. I can cruise into the holidays with confidence.
0: <laughs> any big plans, any big plans for new years? We're going to take the week off. We're going to have a Christmas show. So we'll have a show next, uh, next, next week. Yeah. Next week. And we'll have our, uh, our podcast as well. But the new year's, which was Monday, January 1st, we are, are taking that week off. Are you, uh, any plans? Are you going anywhere for new year's doing anything?
2: Nope. Our big thing was, uh, for Bob's birthday, we went to Vegas. That was the four, four day trip. Um, which we had a lot of fun doing cause we stayed down at the old section, as I mentioned a couple shows right. back, but no, nothing planned, you know, I, except for this weekend is all family. You know, I've get staggered it so that I get to see mom and my sister and her husband and a bunch of friends on, um, Saturday, Christmas Eve, we see some friends in the city and then Sunday is Bob's mom. So
0: That'd be nice. Are you going yep. to, uh, I'm heading to Connecticut, which is uh, our shop talk today is about <laughs> Connecticut trying to rebrand itself, which you found the story, which I just read and scratched my head. And we'll talk about it when we get to that part of the show. But, uh, without further ado, Mr. Nash, what caught your eye this
1: week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Okay, so
2: this one, I'm not exactly sure when this thing occurred. This could have been in 20... I think it's 2022, and the case was just resolved. I think you're going to get a kick out of this one. Um, It took me a second when I was reading it to realize what was going on. Uh, But it involves Hooters and uh, a waitress. And so here we go. Uh, Jodi Berry, who's 27, uh, was a waitress at Hooters, and she had a contest that the manager was doing. (laughs) and it was all about how many it's a beer sales contest and it was last may at the panama city beach hooters she believed she had won it because um she sold the most beer and the prize was a new toyota she was happy a toyota (laughs) car
0: (laughs) i see where this is going
2: okay she was happily escorted out of the restaurant to the parking lot in a blindfold but when the blindfold was removed she found she had won a new toy Yoda, the little green character from the Star Wars movies.
0: Oh my God, this is brilliant. Yeah.
2: I couldn't stop laughing. She wins a toy Yoda. Yoda? She was not happy with it. <laughs> she this. didn't see the humor in it. She, she might have seen the humor, but she had her heart set on a toy a Toyota.
0: So Toyota. after it done,
2: yeah, Barry quit the restaurant, JD Barry. And filed a lawsuit against Gulf Coast Wings and the restaurant's corporate owner, alleged (laughs) breach of contract, and most importantly, fraudulent misrepresentation. Now, the manager of the restaurant claimed the whole thing was a big April Fool's joke. And of course, you could see that on the YouTube, on our video, we have a picture of what she won, which is basically a Yoda, you know, from Star Wars. So she actually settled with them recently, and the, the amount is not disclosed, um, and he's the attorney for her. A guy named David Knoll said she has no. Based on the settlement, she can go to any local car dealership <laughs> and pick whatever Toyota she wants. Oh, really? It's not going to be a toy Yoda. Now, I just thought you would love this because you and I might have actually pulled something like this back in the day, and someone might have actually gotten pissed off enough to sue us for it, right?
0: Well, it's it's like a um, it's like an SNL skit. I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering what there's two things I'll say. I'm wondering what the Description was, in other words, I wonder how the contest was written. Sell so mm-hmm. the most beer. Where I wonder if they spelt it Toyota the way you have it, or they spelt it as the car name with with instead of a. What y. do you want to bet? They spelled it Toyota the car name, and that's probably how she got got how the, she won get the settlement misrepresentation. Yeah. The other thing I'm shocked at, I had a dealer that every time I would visit him, we had to go to Hooters, <laughs> and because uh, it was okay that his wife would let him go to Hooters if he went with this <laughs> Subaru person. Okay. But I'm a little surprised and I'll say this about the picture. I you know, the Hooters girls are usually a little more in doubt. Is that the, the, the picture you're showing? Is that her? I think so. I think so. I this okay. is the I found three images that's that were pictures. similar
2: and it was her plus sometimes it would be a different version of Yoda, but that's she was very she was hootery. Bucket.
0: She's not too hootery, is she?
2: Well, not not the way you and I think of that chain and who
0: they hire, right? Yeah, not, usually got yeah. boobs up and out. I mean, these no, are... she lo- she looks perfectly normal, frankly. She looks normal, <laughs> but it's not boobs <laughs> up and out. I mean, usually hooters you go for boobs up and out with yeah. a lot of cleavage. But yeah. I love the face, the disappointed face she. Has. <laughs> what would you do if you had dismiss me?
2: Oh my god. escorted out to the parking lot in a blindfold. They take it off and in the, in the, there's a box but green little toy in it like there's your toy Yoda. Ah.
0: And I'm sure everybody laughed
2: They did the whole uh-huh. thing.
0: I, I would have I don't know. I guess I would have laughed but.
2: Oh she probably laughed and quit then hired an attorney. I mean and, she, and now she got a new. She's got a Toyota. Toy she's got that Yoda. car. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of this because oh, man, this is a, really right up.
0: It's a great yeah. story. i I surprised they missed it. <laughs> I love it. Well that's, what,
2: that's the beauty of caught my
0: eye. You, you and know. I
2: both read similar but different news feeds.
0: Oh, mine can't mine. It can't be any more boring. I mean, <laughs> mine is a, just a real business story. I mean, that's all it is. It's, and quite frankly, I didn't want to share it now. <laughs> After the Toyota. After the Toyota. <laughs> the um, mine has to do with Delta Airlines, and it was just, uh, and it, you know, it was clickbait. I caught the headline because it said. Delta is doing something for the first time in 70 years. Mm. So I was like, well, what could that possibly be? So uh, what they're doing is they're testing. They started last week. They're testing getting rid of plastic cups. And uh, so apparently somebody actually, they, they talked with someone at the Delta Flight Museum. And they can't even remember when the company started using plastic cups. They said it was as early as the late 40s is what they're thinking. And most airlines started using plastic that long ago. But what they're trying to do in terms of being more sustainable and uh, being able to recycle products and have uh, a lighter weight on the planes, which makes them more fuel efficient, which lowers their carbon footprint, all those sort of things. They're testing out a, um, a paper cup. And the thought is that the paper cup um, will replace the plastic cup, but they had to try to figure out a few, a few issues. Do, do you want to guess what some of the issues were about going from plastic to paper?
2: I, this. I almost wanted to laugh because I think that I thought this is almost up there with Toyota. You know, we've had paper cups in our lives all our life, but my guess is it has to do with saturation. Will the cup hold up and can they use it for hot beverages?
0: You're exactly right. And the other thing I didn't know about um, is also alcoholic beverages. They said Delta has spent years prototyping and tasting paper cups within specific routes. And they're trying to make them capable of hot, cold, and alcoholic drinks, mm. as well as having them meet strict, uh, strict environmental standards. They said, for instance, um, drinking red wine or drinking alcohol from a paper cup is a far different experience and feel than it would be out of a, out of a plastic cup. Okay, I, I guess I understand that. They said the other thing is, is that they want to be able to make sure that the paper keeps the cold drink cold, the hot drink hot. And apparently, alcohol dissolves paper <laughs> quickly. It's a losing battle, right? So they said the cups need to also be stackable within the galley, and also yes. be able to fit on the carts, and be able to be separated easily, so that the flight attendants don't have to keep kind of pulling these things to get the paper apart, which apparently is a problem with the paper cups that get stuck stuck together. So they think that'll be uh, an issue too. They're trying to uh, trying to resolve. So they started again last week, putting it on some transcontinental routes. And they're going to start doing some uh, overseas routes, and then make a decision in spring of 2024 whether they're going to um, go full on paper or not. They said if approved and it rolls out across the network, paper cups will eliminate seven million pounds of plastic, which is the weight of about 13 pickup trucks. Uh, Wow! So would eliminate the single-use plastics on board and um, help them minimize, uh, you know, the the waste that these single plastics have. They said they already have removed 4.9 million pounds of single-use pra- uh, plastic since 2022 by getting rid of, or by changing on packaging and, and changing around, you know, plastic forks, knives, that sort of thing. So you know, I thought it was an interesting fl- thing. We've talked on our other shows. Uh, we, we talked, I think, this week about sustainability and climate mm-hmm. change you brought up. And so this is Delta trying to, um, you know, trying to do its part. So I, that's why I read it, though. But I was surprised to see that they were using plastic since the 40s. Yeah, you know,
2: on our flight uh, back and forth from Vegas, we flew Delta, right? and you probably noticed the last time you fly, they actually collect the cups. They, they get rid of the ice and they stack them, and I think they right. definitely recycle them, but eliminating it altogether would be pretty cool. That's quite the challenge there. I wonder if they're going to use something like a wax coating or something in that paper. To...
0: Well, they said they're going to try to do a wa- They've tried um, the wax coating. They said but that I bet they... alcohol eats through that, too. Well, they said the other issue is then it makes it non-recyclable. Oh. Or, and they said the other issue that they're, tr- they're struggling with is all the different regulations in various countries about what's recyclable and what's not. Mm-hmm. Because they said what usually happens is at the end of the flight, they do, as you said, they'll collect cups or they'll collect whatever and they, they do divide it up and then put it into um, recycling. But they said some countries have very different standards in terms of cleanliness or what could be recycled. And so that's a challenge as well. So something as simple as saying, Oh, let's just go to paper cups. Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't that simple. So that was, uh, that was what caught my eye. So <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> certainly not the Toyota, which I, you know, which I loved. <laughs> so say <laughs> many of you know that uh, deep discount has been, uh, been with us for quite some time here on the focus group. We appreciate their support of us and appreciate you supporting them, particularly this time of year when you're looking for, that hard-to-find gift for somebody, they've got some last-minute great gift ideas that you could still um, get to you shortly. If you'd like to either own your passion or give your passion to somebody else you love, put under the tree or put in a stocking or just give them to them for the, for the happy year and, and uh, at this holiday time. There's tens of thousands of items on sale, movies, music, games, collectibles, and more. And uh, John and I always have a pick each week. So, Mr. Nash, what did, uh, what did you pick for this week's uh, so- selection? So
2: this week, I'm I'm picking what I call a rebuy. Now, I own 2001 A Space Odyssey probably on DVD, perhaps on Blu-ray. I'd have to check that out. It's a movie that I've owned since I saw, I don't know, how when it was available to have as a home movie. But uh, the reason this caught my eye is uh, Deep Discount has the 4K Ultra HD 2001 A Space Odyssey released in 2018. And this is critical because I did a little R&D because in the description it says, um Following the recent theatrical run of the unrestored seven, 70 millimeter print of 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick's game changing sci fi classic is headed to 4K and altered HD. I'm like, unrestored. So I did some research, and it turns out in 2018, with the uh, prodding of director Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers went back and they took the original 70 millimeter negatives, the internegatives these things are preserved in a special vault, and they recreated a 70 millimeter print of. 2001 a space odyssey specifically to be shown in movie theaters and the reason he did this is he said you know film is a very unique thing and 70 millimeter was an experience all by itself he took it to con the con film festival and showcased the movie there and people walked out and they were stunned people who had remembered seeing the movie when they were younger said this was what it looked like not like a tv thing or not like you know on a small screen and so they then took the unrestored which is really just a re a reprinting of the internegatives and they put it on blu-ray so i am dying to see what this looks like and at 2219 i'm on board so i'm getting the uh the 2018 release of the unrestored made from internegatives 2001
0: space honesty you can wake up now tim (laughs) when was the last time you watched that
2: uh 2001 probably about a year and a half ago it was on turner classic movies and the minute i start i I, i'm sucked in i I think it's an amazing
0: movie but um that's me (laughs) yeah okay I, um, I picked something that uh, I know you and Lauren and Lori all laugh at me. I didn't see Casablanca. I, didn't, I don't think I've seen Gone with the Go Wind. Gone with the Wind, yeah. So all these classics. And so this popped up. I was rooting around the, um, the Deep Discount collection for, for the last-minute gift ideas, and I saw this pop up from Criterion. It's Essential Fellini. Mm. Now, have you Look, ever... It looks like
2: a big set.
0: It is. Have you ever watched a Fellini movie? Yes,
2: yes. And, and he... He is referenced by many other directors. A lot of actors talk. A lot of people talk about Fellini. And I wonder how many people have actually seen his body of work. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, that's exactly what this is. This is essentially 15 discs. It's, uh, Criterion has given its uh, you know seal of approval as well as going on and adding a whole bunch of different. Um, so there's new restorations. There's four behind-the-scene documentaries. It comes in deluxe packaging. There's two lavishly illustrated books with it with hundreds of pages of content, and presents the body of, of work of these Fellini films uh, from 1950 through 19, 1987, and uh, I've never seen any of them, and so this is on Blu-ray, and I thought this is the sort of thing where somebody um, would want to have as a collection, just because it's not something you're going to be able to stream, really, or you're just going to find on, on um, some of the other platforms. And the fact is, we all know, um, Criterion has, uh, has given it the once over or twice over. It's, uh, we know it's going to be of quality. It was released in 2020. It originally was about $250. You can get it at a wow. uh, deep discount for $149.34, so you save over $100. And uh, so it's the essential Fellini on Blu-ray, known as the maestro in terms of filmmaking and giant in cinema.
2: I think this is a great gift idea tim and and when you when you were describing it i thought to myself i would happily spend that and then take you said they have books and all the content and printed material take the journey criterion puts you on right yep. go yeah go through the take your time go through the library but you have by the end of it you'll be a Fellini expert
0: <laughs> yeah there's all these new digital restorations and, and i mean there's a whole list of things if you go to deep discount you'll be able to to see them all but I I I was first introduced to Fellini quite frankly through um the B52's reference Fellini a lot in terms of a lot of their music or a lot yes. of their ideas had come from a Fellini movie they said they would you know have themselves some an, an entertaining time watching Fellini movies and then it would help uh, help them write um, <laughs> often people wonder about rock lobsters and lava and there you go right so so what's the new release this
2: A uh, new release this week, if you are an Exorcist fan, is uh, The Exorcist Believer. And I believe I saw some clips from this and I was like, oh my God. In fact, I just saw the original Exorcist mm, for the first time in years, all the way through the other day. Fifty years after the most terrifying horror film shocked the world, Blumhouse and director David Gordon Green bring a nightmarish new chapter, which is The Exorcist Believer, to life. Since his wife's death, Victor has raised his daughter, Angela, alone. After Angela and her friend return from a three-day disappearance with missing Ooh. memories, they begin displaying frightening behavior. Victor's best hope is to find the only person who has seen anything like this before, Chris McNeil, whose haunting experience with her daughter Reagan, going all the way back to the original, maybe the maybe the key to combating ultimate evil. You know the these Bob when we start watching the original Exorcist, Bob's like, you know, I can't tell you how scary this was when we saw us in the theaters when we were young because her head turns. right <laughs> so i think this carries on that tradition so that's the new release this week from uh, deep discount so reviewing friends it's a uh, last minute gift sale deep discount everything's always on sale there you can get gifts games toys albums and you can even get turntables and you get pretty much anything you want there so this is your destination um i picked a movie this week which everybody knows i love and many of you've seen it 2001 a space odyssey this 2018 release on 4k and ultra hd differs from many others because it's struck from a newly minted version of the film on 70 millimeter made from the original Internegatives. okay that was a lot to say <laughs> if you're a fan you need to buy this uh tim picked an incredible gifts idea it's like a gift set essential fellini it's the criterion collection Guide to Fellini, 15 discs, printed matter, wonderful content. I'm already thinking about spending a little money here and like just saying, I'm gonna spend five months doing Fellini, I think it's not a bad idea. And then the, uh, the new release this week as we were just talking about is The Exorcist Believer available on 4K and Ultra HD. All right. We're going to take a super quick break here. And uh, when we return, we're going to have a shop talk for you and a business birthday. Actually, it's the reverse order business birthday shop talk.
1: So stay with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now, back to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. That's right. You can find us pretty much everywhere. You just
0: uh, <laughs> type in The Focus Group with Tim Ben and John Nash. It'll pop up all the different locations. But you could also find us at focusgroupradio.com. You'll also find our podcast there, our Tuesday podcast, called TFG Unbuttoned.
2: Now, you make it sound like you could find us walking a street, too. You could
0: you and i have been you and i have been you and i remember you and i were someone thought we were arguing you and i were in the streets of san francisco and we were yes. walking and back and forth and some guy recognized us and said i know you two from the radio and uh the focus he did think was, we were arguing even though we were laughing our ass off about something we well were, we were dragging our luggage through you know the the, the crack pipes and clickety and vial, meth vials of san francisco <laughs> to get to our our hotel you know, yeah, it was, in yeah. the meat pack, it was it, the tenderloin. Wherever it was, it was at uh, <laughs> the tenderloin. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So it don't,
2: was. don't don't step on that needle, Tim. Better not wear a sandal outside. That was then. The another
0: table. time, someone recognized us in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. The the and then a gun quit Maine and P Town. We were at the coffee shop in P Town, and somebody. I know we were
2: walking by the coffee shop, and someone yelled from a table, "Like, oh, it's John Nash, Tim, for from the focus group."
0: Yeah, that was. Uh... So that's nice to be noticed. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's good to be. It'd rather be looked over than overlooked, right?
1: There you go. That's that exactly would, right.
0: I think Mae West or somebody said that. So without further ado, Mr. Nash, we have our business birthday.
1: Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the focus group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Before I talk about the business birthday, do you know the Cole Porter song, Anything
2: Goes? In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Well, now God knows. Anything, anything goes. goes. Yeah, I know it.
0: <laughs> do, you know, do you know all the words? The, all, um, the li- all the lyrics? You know, the reason I know
2: it is because uh, we had a summer house in the Pines one summer, and the community center behind us was putting on Anything Goes as a musical <laughs> there. So Tony, you know, Trish slash Tony and I would be on the near the pool, and we hear the clack, 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 clack
0: anything goes.
1: <laughs> and after a while, we just knew
2: the song.
0: So. I think I know it, but anyway. So do you know the line, when you hear that Lady Mendel standing up, now does a handspring landing up on her toes? Oh,
2: yes, I recognize it. And that would be Cole Porter probably referencing someone from his- Lady
0: Mendel, who is our business birthday. Ah, okay. I didn't know who Lady Mendel was. Did you? No. So Elsie DeWolf, Lady Mendel, born- December 20th, 1859, died 1950 at 90 years old, an American actress-ish, but she really was prominent as one of the country's first interior designers. And uh, in fact, The New Yorker credits her with actually inventing uh, the profession of interior design and was the first female interior design decorator. And um, so she, so I thought, you know, the, the profession of being an interior designer I guess you just kind of take for granted, but somebody had to start it, right? So uh, you know it's, when, when I was the
2: putting wolf. the deck together, and you had sent this, and I was reading the description when um, it says the New Yorker magazine credits her with inventing interior design. I just thought about it for a minute. I thought inventing, yeah, and I guess it makes complete sense, right?
0: Yep, she was born in New York City. So they said she was acutely sensitive to her surroundings from her earlier year, earliest years, and she became one of the first female interior decorators. She was known for replacing dark and ornate Victorian decor with lighter, simpler styles and uncluttered room layouts. You would love her for uncluttering, John.
2: <laughs> she, she might have been Marie Kondo before Marie Kondo, right? She was also Kondo. a
0: lesbian and very open about it. Really? Um, yes. For the she time get,
2: period. Hmm.
0: So she got married in 1926 to an English diplomat, Sir Charles Mendel, which is where Lady Mendel came from. And she liked being called Lady Mendel. She was the femme in the relationship. She she very openly said in her autobiography that it was a marriage of convenience, but she was proud to call herself Lady Mendel. She said although her marriage was platonic, the pair decided to get married primarily for social amenities, (laughs) entertaining together, but they kept separate residences. They never lived together. Um, She actually lived for many years with the daughter of a prosperous uh, New York lawyer, Elizabeth Bessie Marbury, who was, uh, they said, quite masculine. Uh, compared to uh, Lady DeWolf, or Lady Mendel. Uh, she was she was uh, a pioneer in her own right. Um, Bessie was also the first female theater agent and one of the first women Broadway producers. Her first clients included Oscar Wilde and George Bernard Shaw. They lived 40 years together. Marbury was the, the breadwinner, I said, of the relationship. They were known around town as the Bachelors. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and... uh and the the news, the New York Times, at the time when she announced her wedding, they said that it, they everybody was quite surprised that uh, that she got married because of uh, every it was a, quite known that she was living with uh, with Bessie Marbury, and uh, they expected nothing to change in their relationship, and Marbury you know could care less, but they remained together until she died in 1933. Marbury, they um, so as I said, the New Yorker had 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 uh, identified her as starting the interior design profession. They said that uh, there were some other people that were trying to get in the field and trying to change the aesthetic and make things uh, lighter and so forth, as, they, as the words um, were written here. But they said she really got her start at the Colony Club in New York. Mm. And she went in there, which was all very masculine and heavy, and she lightened it up and, as she said, brought the gardens in, which was a lot of her, her French influence. She also had written a book called The House in Good Taste in 1913. And uh, she also liked to use, they said, a lot of mirrors as well. They said that um, she was a rebel in an ugly world. She learned that when she was five years old, her parents had redone one of of the rooms in their house with what she said was gray with splotches of red (laughs) um, wallpaper. She threw herself on the floor and just said, it's so ugly, it's so ugly. She also hated uh, Victorian furniture, as I mentioned, and also pickle and Plum Morris Furniture. I don't know what that is. And uh, they said on stage she wasn't a total failure, but she was neither a success, and, uh, which really moved her over to, uh, to doing interior design. They said she was known on stage for wearing good clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: that's a strange compliment because you want to be known for your performance, right?
0: So she said she left, so she was actually named uh, one of the most influential women in the field of, uh, of interior design. But, a lot, but her reputation as an actress, because she was a nice person, they said that she, she picked up a lot of work that way. And uh, she was voted best-dressed uh, woman in America and also in Paris society. She was known as uh, women who one of the best-dressed women in the world. And that's, she wore clothes that suited her best, regardless of what fashion did. She was famous for embroidered taffeta pillows. That had uh, that she used in a lot of her decorating, and the motto was never complain, never explain. (laughs) She also had at her house uh, a dog cemetery, which was one of the first people to have dog cemeteries, but they did say it was somewhat odd. Each tombstone for every dead dog said the same thing it said, the one I love best. (laughs) That's kind of fun in a way, right? Quite a character. I think yeah. was, she would have been a friend of yours, John. She was promoted to a, se- a semi-vegetarian diet. She ate a lot of fresh fish, oysters, shellfish, and vegetables. She described herself, uh, she wouldn't eat red meat, and uh, she wasn't wholly vegetarian, but she advocated gardening and consuming homegrown vegetables and organic food. They said later on in life, she, did, she even then shed fish and became a full, full vegetarian. She also was famous for her morning exercise routine, which is where the Cole Porter song comes in. She, uh, uh okay, okay. She would. Uh, she did a daily routine of yoga where she would stand on her head and walk on her hands, and she did that every day. She also taught that to Anne Vanderbilt and her daughter, <laughs> and so they said that that's where the um, she, she was immortalized by the title song in Cole Porter's musical Anything Goes, with the line "When you hear that lady Mendel standing up, now does a handspring landing up on her toes." Anything. Goes. Uh,
2: okay, okay, like that.
0: Yeah. she was cremated, and her ashes were placed in a common grave in Paris. That was that's it. so
2: unusual, don't you think? Like, what I think they so. even had a, like a little vault or something.
0: She was, uh, you know, she died. She died in Versailles or Versailles, as they say in Philly. She died in Versailles, France, and they said that uh, her cremated ashes were placed in a common grave in Paris. <laughs>
2: I want to go back to Versailles,
0: and as they say in Philly. <laughs> I, well, you know, there was a car brand. There was a car called the Versailles. I forget. the Pontiac, maybe? And I remember the dealers, the Vercelli's. I, I'm really selling those Vercellis. Yeah. Right next to the Brohams.
1: <laughs> the Bro- Le- yeah. yeah,
0: okay. The Legacies. But, um, yeah, so happy birthday. Elsie DeWolf, someone I did not know, but it's probably a Jeopardy question. Maybe mm-hmm. it could be a Jeopardy question. Lady Mendel, she was one of the... Uh, so
2: she was born she was born at her she probably lived her early 20s during the gilded age as well yes and and so you know we, we've been watching that show on hbo and bob often comments on if they do it pretty well um how heavy those rooms look like dark mahogany all, all those dark woods the draperies and everything and if she hated that then she would she would have had a playground because everybody had that right
0: yeah, no, they said that's a, you're exactly right. She, um, they said she, made, she would feature, so she hated all that heaviness and felt that a lot of times rooms could have a more feminine approach to them and a brighter scheme of, of, of color. She, she got rid of the dark, heavy draperies, overly ornate, overly ornate furnishings. She made a features of, feature of mirrors. She brought back fashion furniture, meaning that it was painted in either white or pale colors. And uh, she liked chintz, green and white stripes, and wicker. (laughs) And she also had trellis work that she would add into houses to give the allure of a garden. She said, I opened up the doors and windows of America and let the air sunshine in. There you go. She said her inspiration was from 18th century French and English literature. Mm. Which,
2: being that they were not always electrified, broad open window spaces were always
0: preferred to let light
2: in. So she's, yeah, I like her. Good business birthday.
0: Yeah, someone we haven't done before. It was, a, it was another one of those tough, you know, tough times to find. Mm-hmm. You know, find. Was it a dry
2: spell or were there too many people?
0: No, it was a dry spell. I think okay, the only no. other person there was, you know, somebody who was uh, somebody we've probably done many times was someone from a, you know, a car brand who was one of the earlier. Yeah,
2: uh, no, you know, we probably or did. Something. This is someone we've definitely never done. And I like yeah. this birthday.
0: Yeah. Our shop talk this week, we, uh, we teased it in the beginning about connecticut and john had found this article which i i really liked is from the new york times and the headline is stuffy preppy sleepy can a rebrand fix connecticut's reputation hmm. so apparently the this is an overall business uh, story for me in terms of branding and marketing states and and tourism and and all that goes with it and i can You know, I love New, uh, before we get to Connecticut, I love New York is still, I think people still, you know, the big apple, right? People still Mm -hmm. use, still use that. Or when we were growing up, Virginia's for lovers. Yeah. They they even still use that. Why some of these places think they can change the brand or change the slogan every year or two and think something's going to stick is beyond me. Connecticut is famous for that, I guess. Um, They just retired, still revolutionary in favor of two new marketing campaigns, which I have a problem with that as well. Why would you pick two? Pick one, hang your hat on it. Where's your North Star? <laughs> I knew you'd like this, and I knew you'd tear it apart, but go ahead. So, And I want to find out who the agency is, which I did. The, um, so the, the new campaign is an attempt to make Connecticut feel like somewhere. Not just an amorphous American anywhere. So this really makes you feel like it's somewhere, John. Make it here and find your vibe. Because nothing speaks to you more like Connecticut than make, make it, it here, here and find your vibe. And you know why they picked that?
2: They were hoping for Gen Z to like kind of swoop in. Well, there like- was
0: that too. But they said that, because someone said, you know, they said, how did it come up with this guy, Anthony, who's the, uh, they didn't even give a first name or last name, who's the CMO of, I guess, the CMO of the state, chief marketing officer of Connecticut, says that uh, they took the fact that Connecticut is known for high-tech manufacturing, space shoots. Are space suits, helicopters, submarines, pizza, and basketball? <laughs> so make it here. I mean, makes zero zero sense. Does make it here make you think of pizza and basketball and submarines and
2: spacesuits and, and, space and suits. aircraft and high tech and kids <laughs> and uh, no and and make it here seems like they're kind of. Barring something off, you know, um, that, Frank, so, you know, New York, you can make yeah, it here, you can make it, you can make here. it there, make, it, any- make it anywhere. you make it here, I mean, you can make it anywhere. Yeah.
0: And then find your vibe, which is another ridiculous one. Anyway, they spent $3 million on this. How, here's what I'm pissed about. They didn't pissing, go in they, our pockets? <laughs> they, they pissed away $3 million on these two slogans. You and I had done it for a million and a half and, uh, and given them one good slogan. You know, I'll tell you what to do, Connecticut. Change your tax structure back to no income tax and get rid of the toll roads. Let's start there.
2: Well, A, but you know what was buried in the article that would, I would have gone right to it to, to find some kind of gem of an advertising or marketing campaign was among the uh, Connecticut's most famous residents for all the wrong reasons was Benedict right. Arnold. Yeah. Wouldn't there have been something <laughs> funny to do with traders? <laughs> Be a trader to New York, settle in Connecticut. I mean, this whole idea of like turning your back on one thing and doing something else, right? I would have gone right there personally.
0: Yeah, well, so Connecticut used to also be, the I think it was on the place, the nutmegs, well, the <laughs> Constitution State, the nutmeg state, and then they talked about famous people. Everyone knows it was a bedroom community to New York, and they list all these different famous people. They forgot Martha Stewart, which I was surprised about, mm-hmm. because they mentioned Jacques Pepin, who I've been watching his videos, by the way. He's a good cook. The, <laughs> um, But the other thing, I'm going to ask you this question, when you were... Of course, you and I went out of state. We left Connecticut, and, and people had an impression of what Connecticut people were in the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. And which was stuffy and preppy, and all those things that were were listed, and um, which maybe you know not not such a bad thing in some regards. But I thought they, there was one line here: residents don't know what to call themselves. Are they? Kinetic, oh, I love that one. Connecticutians, Connecticutites, I... yeah. or Connecticutters? We never ever, You know what, what? What did we always call ourselves? We just said we were from Connecticut. But you were Yankees, Connecticut Yankee. Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee. Yeah. It was different. It was something that they could they could hang their hat on. Oh, my God, Tim,
2: there's another idea right there. A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. You mean, What was that? Uh, Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens wrote that? Yeah. You could yeah. do something with that. Come and visit King Arthur's Court. What does that mean? I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so this croning advertising firm, which we're going to have to talk to, John, they, uh, they came up with these new campaigns. They said there's... Uh, because they they felt there was nothing unifying people. So they're saying San Francisco is going through this right now, as is Vermont. Mm -hmm. So San Francisco is fighting its crime and decay image, recently unveiled, it all starts here. Yeah. Well, Ohio has the start of it all or something already, so I don't know what San Francisco, it all starts here. Yeah, problems. (laughs) Uh, Flooded, flood-battered Vermont came up with very much open I, when you read that, did you kind of just like,
2: I wonder how much they paid for that, right? Like,
0: Vermont used to be Green Mountains.
2: Green Mountains, yeah.
0: You know, San Francisco, open that Golden Gate, you know, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Michigan they had a great slogan for years that they spent a lot of money on, but now they're dumping 20 million in, you can in Michigan. <laughs> I liked Pure Michigan. Pure Michigan was too. great because it talked about natural resources, it talked uh-huh. about authenticity. So I don't know. I thought you could open up a whole agency revolving around state slogans.
2: You'd have it. And if you had 50 clients, you'd be doing well, right? 50 nifty United States from 13 original colonies. Um,
0: <laughs> so anyway, that the, um, so, so Connecticut is, is, uh, they're going to be marketing now this make your vibe or no, what was it called again? I can't even remember them. Uh, make, it here, make it here, make it find, here and find your vibe, find your vibe to
2: me it's too generic and it could be describing it could be describing anything i mean you could you know when we were out in vegas in the fremont street area they they had this like container they took containers and they made a container park with art stores and restaurants you could say you could it could be called you know vegas container park find your vibe you you know like it's not it's innocuous it doesn't seem to hook into some of the things we know about connecticut right
0: yeah no it, it it um there, there was a tagline for a little while. It was better yet, Connecticut.
2: Remember? That? I remember better yet, Connecticut. Was that in the 80s, Probably 80s, nineties?
0: Then okay. there was the one that we always joke about, what people people have referred to on our show. The I was just in Connecticut. The past is still present. Um,
2: <laughs> I have no problem with that, right? No,
0: but uh, you know, in Yankee craftiness, and, mm-hmm. I, and maybe people confuse Yankee with the New York Yankees. I don't know, but um, with the baseball team, but it's um, I. I I was trying to, so I, I went and I googled, you know, Connecticut uniqueness, and what um, came up? Well, had the first phone book, um, you know, had the first nuclear submarine, had the first, I don't cons- know, Tim, first I think we have, that, you know, we have the idea
2: already. Connecticut, Arnold, Benedict Arnold slept here.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, you know. I, wasn't that there's something that if you put every house that George Washington uh-huh. was supposed to sleep in, you would have been asleep his entire life, one of those things.
0: But Connecticut,
2: Benedict Arnold slept here.
0: Well, yeah. you could just, and you, you, the other thing is you can make outrageous claims because that's a Benedict Arnold, right? Because he was a traitor so and a liar. So you can make, you know, come see, come see the tallest mountain in Connecticut.
2: Benedict Arnold says, yeah.
0: <laughs> in a bare mountain. Well, I didn't say, it was a, like the Toyota joke, right? It's, it's a... I didn't say the tallest mountain in the U.S. I said in Connecticut.
2: Okay, yeah. You know, you could almost do a whole thing with get your B.A. in Connecticut. And what they mean by B.A. is not Bachelor of Arts, but get your Benedict Arnold on. Get your Benedict
0: Arnold on. <laughs> yeah, so oh, the other thing is Connecticut, you have to pass a certain, there was something crazy about it. You have to pass a certain um, criteria to be considered a pickle. I had to have a bounce. Yes, to it.
2: I couldn't figure that one out either. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, that's um. Then, then they talked about all the different, you know, celebrities and people who've lived in Connecticut or live in Connecticut and what they could have done. It's a pretty state. It's a beautiful state. It's a beautiful state. Um, yeah. but it's always had a very stuffy New York bedroom community. Um, a lot of people moved there because there was no income tax. So a lot of big corporations mm-hmm. used to be headquartered there. Back in the 90s, I believe it was, they instituted an income tax and lost a lot of businesses. People oh, moved yeah. out, um, a lot of them, a lot of big ones. And uh, then they added in toll roads, and the, the state's been mismanaged. And, um, you know, and the taxes in Connecticut are as worse. They're as bad I, as I they are to all about it. Do you know they want to tax lawn equipment now? Yes. My brother yes, was telling I... me if you had a riding mower, I was mm-hmm. like, come on, come
2: on that that's that's the weird long arm of government did you know there was one last thing that was buried in here that i kind of just paused at there's a it's literally one sentence Jamie robinson 24 a social media influencer who promotes the state in videos acknowledges its challenges colon i can't think of a personality in connecticut at all here's someone they're paying right <laughs> to influence and promote and he says i can't think of a personality at all I think some of that money is going down the toilet or or it's being lit with matches, right?
0: Yeah. No, this this, this is one of these ones where I'm sorry we didn't find this this assignment out because uh, I think we certainly could have uh, come up with something better. They would never have given it to us. No, they wouldn't. Well, they might have. I don't know. I got to look up this agency. But to make it here and find your vibe, if I was the governor. I would have been disappointed. You know, well. He's
2: meanwhile, known. I would have laughed my butt off if someone came in with a Benedict Arnold, Benedict Arnold campaign. <laughs> Even if it was a joke, I'd be like, OK, I see where you're going with this. Make it memorable. Anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's a good.
2: Uh, all right. Good shop talk. It's a sad thing. And, and Tim, yes, there was an agency there. There's an agency with 50 clients.
0: I wonder what the name of
2: that shop would be if it's all about state taglines.
0: State taglines. I don't know. State tags. Taggots. Find your vibe. Find your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> taglines are us taglines are <laughs> us yeah
2: all right we're gonna wrap it up there folks thank you for joining us here on the focus group today uh, focusgroupradio.com is the website you can visit and learn about us our other shows including tfgm Unbuttoned, our tuesday podcast and our partner here uh, deep discount uh last minute gift sale at deep discount lots of things you can pick up i chose a 2018 re-release of the 70 millimeter version of 2001 a space odyssey that is a tongue uh, Tim picked a collection of, a criterion collection of all Fellini movies, including printed matter books and a guide to watching all of them straight through its 15 discs it would be an amazing thing for someone who's a film buff. And the uh, new release this week is Exorcist, the, Belie- the Exorcist Believer on 4K and Ultra HD. We want to remind everybody when you're out there traveling for shopping and going on your holiday trips to don't text and drive, arrive alive. I see a lot of that weaving. And then you go by and you see the phone on the dashboard or on the wheel. You're like, hmm, yeah, that's not a smart idea. But anyway,
1: stay safe and we'll see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.